Welcome back to Comfort Talks Tuesdays. I'm so excited to be here with you on this fine Tuesday morning. Today we have a special, special guest. We have the Prophet Ralph Darte II of Campus Rush and the Bridge Youth with us today. So excited. It was a great conversation about ministry, being a pastor's kid, and more. So if you are ready, please, please take notes. If you are driving, please be safe and stay tuned. We'll be right back. So excited to be here today on this fine Tuesday morning. We have a special, special guest. Like I said, we do have the Prophet Ralph Darty the second on the line. How are you doing, Prophet? Hey, Comfort. I'm doing good. Everybody, what's going on? It is so good to be here, and I'm excited. Um, and I want to thank you for having me here with you. I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> I've heard so much about what you're doing, and I've been doing some of my research as well. Mm. And I'm pumped. I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. And you're calling all the way from Ottawa, Canada, if I'm correct, right? All the Canadians up in here, please, <laughs> please stand up. Yes, <laughs> Ottawa, Canada. Um, born and raised in Toronto, and then moved to uh, outside of Toronto, and then I moved to Ottawa uh, about like 17 years ago. So, oh wow, yes, I'm waving the the banner of Canada real high today. As you should. As you should. And also you're part of Campus Rush, the Bridge Youth. That's all you. Um, what would you like the listeners to know more about? Um, yeah. You think? Um, I'm grateful because I've been given this opportunity to serve in a really great house um, called Transforming Life Center. Mm. So Campus Rush is the young adult church of, of Transforming Life Center and Bridge Youth is the youth church of Transforming Life Center. And so I serve as the assistant pastor of Campus Rush and the lead pastor of Bridge Youth. And I think God's been so faithful over the years. Um, truly, I didn't know that there was a call in my life until 2014. And that's when everything changed and shifted for me. And uh, ever since then, I had a unique encounter with the man of God and uh, literally my life changed completely. And so I want everybody to know that uh, you might not think that God has called you, that there is a call of God upon your life, but mm. there really could be. And uh, I think you just need to find yourself um, experiencing the, the the proper encounter, the right encounter at the right time and mm. and surrounded with the, with the right people in the right community. With the right people. So, mm, so. You're already preaching to us already. We haven't even started <laughs> yet. Oh my days. <laughs> It's, it's coming you. out of me. It's your fault. It's coming out of me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Y'all Y'all are in for a treat. Today is global. Like, you drew gro- global on Casa. Like, that's crazy. Like, global. Global. <laughs> <laughs> and I know a lot of people know the song, so we lift you high, Yahweh, Yahweh. I'm, you know, I would sing, but, you know, the voice <laughs> is not ready yet. But I know a lot of people have been blessed by that, and you guys have blessed the ears of so many um, today we're just going to unpack a lot of questions just about ministry being a pastor's kid. And I hope y'all that are listening take notes, grab your notebook. If you don't have one, I need you to go grab one right now because you don't want to miss anything. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna get started with the first question because you know I'm gonna lead it off slowly. Oh. But what do people misunderstand about being a pastor's kid and a minister in general since you're doing everything? So what do people mis- usually misunderstand about your position? Yeah, I think that the the position and the calling is mm. qu- it's quite unique, I would say. Yeah. I think it's quite different than 
anything else, uh, to be honest, I think um, being a pastor's child is definitely um, a blessing, but it's also um, very difficult because it comes with its challenges. Which, yes, it does. Which, yes, it does. Which is, of course, like everything else, though. I mean, there, yeah. are, there are some good seasons, some bad seasons, but I do oh, yeah. think that it is definitely a calling. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron said that, you know, I, my house um, are for, uh, you know, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron uh, and his household, they were priests. And, uh, yes. you know, that's what okay. it says me and my house, we will start, we will serve the Lord. Serve the Lord yes. That is literally like what my testimony is. Uh, my mm. parents have called us uh, into ministry from a very young age. Yeah. Uh, but just because we were called into ministry doesn't mean that I had my own relationship with God at a very young age. Right. No, Cause yep, you, yep. Could, you could be in the church, but you might not know the God of the church. That's so, right. Mm-hmm. That's something that really drastically changed. And I would say being a pastor's child, I think people um, misunderstand the pressures that really come with it. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I think that, um, a lot of people do think that it's a cakewalk or that it's easy, but every single, every single day you have, you know, eyes on you and you got to live right. And you got to, you know, choose the right spouse and you yes. mm-hmm. wear the right clothes and you got to, you know, be <laughs> oh, and yep. try, you know, do your best to, to be a people person and mm-hmm. everything that comes with it, even when you're tired and all that good stuff. But oh, I would God. say it's more so. The yes. pressure that comes with it. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, the pressure to perform, the pressure to be great, the pressure mm-hmm. to be successful. Oh, uh, dazed. Yeah. So it's it's just a bunch of different types of pressures. And so yes. I think that uh, I would say the best um, pastor's children um, are those who are able to handle the pressure um, by the grace of God and not do things to necessarily please people, but whatever you're doing, you're doing it to please God and mm-hmm. and, your, and your family. Oh yeah. And so that's pretty much, you know, what I would tell people that it's not as easy as it looks, but it is very, very, very um, difficult. And it's a pressurized atmosphere and environment and a lifestyle to live. So what, what has been one of like the greatest challenges with being a pastor's kid for you? Was it how you're supposed to dress? Is it how you're supposed to talk to people? What were some of the challenges that you personally faced, if that's okay? You know, I always wanted to be that regular, that regular person, um, mm-hmm. you know, going to um, a party or something like that when I was. Exactly. Older, right. And not, you know, being, hey, aren't you the pastor's pastor's aren't, kid? Aren't you oh Dr. Son? Dr. Honestly. Um, you know, and what else was there? I mean. You know, you go to the you go to the mall. You never know who you're gonna run into. You mm-hmm. might run into a church member, you might run into uh, somebody. And oh uh, let's, yeah. say, let's say you just want to go to the movies with somebody, a, a significant other, or what have you. Yeah, uh, like you just have to move differently. And you, you I, do. I always just was like, man, I just want to be a regular person for like one day. One day. And so um, I would just say that that's the most difficult thing. Just um, having all eyes on you. And um, at all times, you can't just be normal. You can't just be regular. You can't just like go everywhere you want to go or say whatever you want to mm-hmm. say, act however you want to act. Um, it's it's definitely a, a calling, right? And it's, yes. it's something yes. that your parents have been called into. And so we all got to fall in line. But I, I now understand this, you know, to a deeper extent. But prior to, I would get, you know, upset at the fact that, you know, I want to do what I want to do. Exactly. And exactly. I wasn't able to. I want to go. I want to do the sleepovers. I, I you know, some days. Oh, African household, no sleepovers. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> some days I do. Some days I do want to come to church late, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, 
it, it, it is uh it was it's definitely an experience but i would say just trying to live a regular life um when i'm when i'm not a regular person quote unquote mm. uh, has always been that struggle wow i i resonate with everything you said because also a passive kid i feel like after being like a celebrity we're like next in line because <laughs> everybody's looking at you and they're not looking at you to like make it. They're looking at you because they want you to either fall mm-hmm. or so that they can use you as an example. Every right. pastor's kid, like right. you're, you're an example to all their kids. Right. And like I said, oh, could y'all know yet? Like, yeah. what am I doing? I'm literally just trying to live. Yeah. So I definitely resonate with everything you said. Um. So let's get into a little bit of ministry. So yeah. how do you attend your calling as a brother, as a son? You're calling as a friend, as a minister to others. How do you find that balance? Because it's all about balance, really. Right. I think life is about balance. But I do mm-hmm. think that, like, you know, just leading in, I think that you actually touched on it a bit um, where, you know, my lifestyle and uh, what I've been called to is essentially to be an example. Yes. Right. And I, I yes. think that it's very difficult for pastor's children at first to, you know, realize the full magnitude of their calling. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes. Which is to be an example. Um, every single one of us were meant to be an example. And so, um, even, you know, my calling as a brother, I'm trying to be an example for other, other children, other kids, other young young adults in the church Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, this is how you, this is how you're, this this is how you're meant to be a brother. This is how you're meant to be a son. This is how you're meant to be, you know, a second born or what have you. And so Mm -hmm. this is supposed to set the example for other second borns. And so I do think that it's really one of those things where, um, you know, I'm literally called to, to be an example, whether that's to just uh, even like ex- exemplify and show the characteristics of Christ as well. Mm. So, yes, um, yes, yes. Really just being a, an example. And also I would say uh, just being there uh, for my family, um, attending to my calling as a brother, as a son is really just being present. I think mm. that we yes. have in African households, I would say it's just people being present we're so fixated on, you know, going to work or going to school or mm-hmm. parents have, you know, a job or two jobs or they're running the church or yes, sir. You know, have their businesses. And so, you know, they're missing the basketball games and the soccer games. And the, yes, they are. Yep, you know, yep, and, yep. and all the different activities that, that, that are really, you know, um, close and dear to our hearts as, yes. youth, as young adults and as children. And so I would say being present is how I attend to my relationship uh, and my calling as a brother, as a son, um, my calling as even a man of God, I would say being present with my relationship with God. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, um, you know, misunderstand their calling. And I think that God outlines it so clearly. He says that, listen, I, I want you to uh, be like me. He says that. In yes. this. He's like, I want to make man in my image. I want my image. Like, yep. Yep. I'll blow into your nostrils. And so mm-hmm. especially from the from from the very beginning, we're meant to be like Christ, and we're meant to, uh, you know, look at Christ and look at God and look at the Trinity and be like, okay, I want to be that type of person to yes. that single individual. Yes, but we yes, can't yes. be like Christ. We can't be like God until we spend time with God. Ooh, and yep. so, attending to my calling would, I guess, look like being very attentive and very um, present in my in, in my intimacy level with God mm. and so spending time with the Father is how I would um attend to my calling, my priestly calling. So have you ever before you established this balance, was there a time that it was hard to balance all this? 
Like, did you feel like you were being more of a minister instead of being more of a brother at times or more of a brother than being more of a son? Like, did you ever feel like it wasn't fully balanced at some point in your life? When did you figure it out kind of thing? Yeah, you know, I feel like it's always been a bit lopsided for me personally because I just started my walk with God like oh, yeah. in 2014, right? Yes. Um, and so I think I was not necessarily fully balanced in that regard where, you know, I was more so, um, uh, the scale was more so tilted to being a son or a brother um, and uh, a friend rather than, mm-hmm. you know, a friend of God. Yeah. So I think more so now it's definitely balanced, I would say. And um you know, I've really picked up my walk with God as by God's grace, as people have seen, but also um, I've just made, uh, I've made, I've made, I've made God and I've made my family the, the main priorities. And so yes, I would yes, like to yes. think that uh, my lifestyle is a bit balanced, but how I've done so again, is just really just being there and prioritizing firstly, of course, God and then family mm. uh, and then everything else and then the church and, you know, then all my extracurriculars. But I would say, um, just ensuring that my priorities are set and then, you know, everything else would fall in line. Right. So, yes. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much how it's been um, now for me, at least. So a quick advice for, do you want to give a quick advice to, you know, that person that is trying to find that balance, that young minister that is, you know, getting yeah. into ministry, what, what, what can you advise them? On? Yeah, for sure. I would say, mm-hmm. you know, to a young minister that, um, I would be more so fixated on developing that real strong relationship, relationship with yep, God yep. and spending mm. time with God. I mean, I was listening to a, a message by by Pastor Benny Hinn the other day, and he was saying yes. that, mm. you know, even he's probably one of the most anointed men of God that we have still mm. alive today. Yes. And what he was saying is if he could do this thing all over again, do this life thing all over again, he would spend much more time in the word and with God than mm. anything else. And I'm like, mm. he's already as deep as the ocean, you know? Exactly, so, right? <laughs> and so I would just tell any minister, like, that has to be your main thing. And then yes. from there, you know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything and else, yeah. right? And it's righteousness and everything else will be added to it. So yes, that's mm-hmm. where it starts from. Um, and then everything else kind of will just fall in place. You know, you get the wisdom from God, you get the strategy from God, you get the grace from God, you get the anointing from God, you get the relational skills from God, um, the revelation from God. And then from that place of intimacy, yeah. you know, that's why the Bible says, go into your room and shut the door and speak mm. to the Father in mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. Right. So from that place of intimacy, that's where everything flows through. That's where, you know, the balance comes through. That's when you know, okay, I got to be there for my mom or my dad. You know, the spirit of God will will be speaking to you about certain things. And so that's where that balance comes from. But I want to encourage, you know, anybody looking to get into ministry that you got to ensure that your priorities are straight first. Yes. Yes. Got to know that God is is your boss. Like, Mm -hmm be the center of your life. And from him, that's where everything else will flow through. Yes. And so I would just say to keep your eyes fixated on God. Um, when, uh, you know, I feel like I'm kind of preaching and talking a bit too much. No, 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 you're good. You're good. No, this is like important. <laughs> okay, cool. So I was just, so important. I was just reminded of a story. Like I love this story so much with, with Peter and all the disciples in the yes. boat. I love it so much because, you know, all the disciples were there in the boat. They all of a sudden started seeing Jesus walk Jesus, on the water. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so Peter's like, God, if that's you, Jesus, that if that's you, let me come to you. Yeah. Jesus says, yes. Peter, it's me. Come. Peter was the only one in the boat who decided to step out of the boat and begin to wow, try to walk on wow. water. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that 
you know, Peter was walking on water. And I could only imagine, like, yo, what the people in the boat were saying. Boat, that it, were saying like, Peter, you know, you're going to fall. You like, yo, you're crazy. That Get shark. back in here. Yeah, that shark, that whale. Yo, Peter, watch out. And, exactly. um, you know, he was doing it at first. And the Bible says that his eyes were fixated on Jesus, right? Yes. He was doing it at first. Yes. And he was walking on water. And then as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus and he got scared of the waves and the, the you know, the sharks and the whales mm-hmm. around him, that's when he started to drown. Yeah. He saw reality. He's like, oh, dude, exactly. I'm in the water. Exactly. I'm in the water. <laughs> I mean, you, you got, you got hit with some, with some difficulties. I mean, some members started talking and you know, your family Ooh. started acting crazy and yes. schoolwork started getting crazy and you got yes. fired from your job and you started seeing the waves of life and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you, you, you begin to fall and you, you take your eyes off of Jesus. But then Jesus comes to Peter and says, you know, he pulls Peter out of the water and says, mm. Peter, oh, you have little faith. You yes. know, why did you take your eyes off of me? Wow. So, yeah. mm-hmm. as, 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 a, as a young minister, as a believer, it is so important that despite what happens, man, yes. your eyes fixated on Jesus. And uh, that's that's literally it. And he, he won't let you drown. And I, I love that so much because we serve a God who won't let us drown. Man. We serve a God who won't let us drown. He won't let us drown. Despite anything, despite our, despite, despite what we do, our, mm-hmm. you know, our, our um shortcomings. Our yes, sins, yes. He won't let us drown, and so wow. we just got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and that's what I want to tell everybody: keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep and your I, eyes on Jesus. I'm doing the same thing too. <laughs> <laughs> Not you preaching to me, like what? Oh my gosh, <laughs> guys, keep your eyes fixated on Jesus at all times. Yes. So I love the story and. I kind of want to reel back into you you attending to your calling. When did you know that you were officially called? You know, because a lot of people, like in the beginning, you said everyone is called. But a lot of people, you know, they feel like they have that calling or they've been prophesied to. Right. But it's just like, how do you know? When did you know? Like, what, what, what can we do? So you're trying to get into my story story. I'm oh. so sorry. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm <laughs> deeply sorry. Okay, I got you. Okay, so th- this, is, this is my life story pretty much. So when I was much younger... Um, I started seeing things before it happened, right? Yes. So I, a bunch of deja vus. Mm. And I would like see things like, yo, I already saw this. And like, I had a vision. I saw this in a dream. And like, I, I don't know how I'm living this in real time right now. Cause I already Is seen that- this. Oh, okay. And so it was so weird. Like you have no idea. It was so weird. It was so crazy that like, I would just find myself in real time when I'd already seen it prior to and i'm like what is this like actually what is going on um and so i just kind of just was living with it like just normal life just normal okay Mm -hmm. um and um a man of god came to my church in 2014 so i'm having these deja vus and what have you and that's this is all my life all my childhood all my teenage Mm -hmm. life and so I'm still living that life. I'm still going out. I'm still clubbing. I'm still partying. I'm still, you know, I'm going from girl to girl. I'm living that life. Like I'm being still- the young person that, you know, a lot of us were, you know, Listen, I'm, I'm living that unsaved, unsaved life. life. My dad is a pastor. Yes. I was submitted to that narrative, you know, yes. church drummer, bad. Like I was just like, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was that guy, and I, you know they always say he's the musicians, right? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm- the drummer plus the pastors, like it was, it was terrible. Wow. But, um, yeah, like I'm literally like church on Sunday morning, Sunday night I'm in a club. Like it's, oh. it's, it's crazy. And um, once one time in 2014, a man of God mm. came to our church, and uh, he was a prophet. 
Uh, well, he still is a prophet. He's a prophet. And um, he was walking through the crowd. And as he was walking through the crowd, man, I remember when he first came, he was mm. prophesying people's names. Like he wouldn't know anybody. Boom, this your name. Prophesying wow. people's numbers, where they're staying, um, the situations that they're going through, what God's going to do in their life, what they've just been through. Wow. And so I'm like, I'm on stage, I'm playing drums. I'm like, yo, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he has, yeah. that's what I want. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm there. And so that was the first day. The second day I'm in the crowd, I'm not playing. And all of a sudden he's walking through the crowd and he comes and stops by me. And he begins to pull me from the crowd and begins to say, um, I don't know who you are, but the Lord mm. said that you are a prophet and wow. I my anointing upon you. And so from today, he laid hands upon me. From today, I change your thinking to think like that of a prophet. And I immediately felt the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, I kid you not, I felt the power of God. It was like electricity that was running through me from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. And I immediately fell on the floor. I kid you not, I was encountering God. And I, like, I've never seen it before. I know that we can play those church games, but this was a Mm -hmm. real encounter. And as soon as I got back up, I was like crying hysterically. Like I, I experienced wow. God for the first time. And from that moment, that's when people started calling me prophet. And mind you, oh. I've never heard of this before. Like mm-hmm. my dad, I'm sorry. My dad had called me a prophet from when I was like very young. He'd be like, yeah, you're a prophet. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Oh, he I- knew who you were, but oh, you yeah, didn't. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's, mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy though? Like, you know, uh, but I um I never seen a prophet before until this mm. day, this man of God came. I'd only yeah. known pastors. I've only known you know literally that's it pastors, just pastors. I didn't know any of the other giftings, or callings or offices, just pastors. And so pastors, yeah. people started calling me prophet from that day, and I'm like, I have never prophesied a one word in my life. <laughs> like literally, it's and like, what am I gonna do? I'm like, I don't know how to prophesy. I don't know anything. And so from that moment, um, I got off the floor. I was crying hysterically. The hand of God was upon me. And literally from that moment in 2014, it was fall 2014. Yeah. I went through this like complete Saul to Paul um, season of my life. And wow. so from 2014 to 2016, I kid you not, cold turkey. I stopped going to clubs. I stopped, go- I stopped messing around with girls. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I stopped that sinful lifestyle immediately. My friend- Cold turkey, just like that. Cold turkey, I'm telling you. I w- there was this passion and this hunger for the things of God. Um, wow. I just, I just, wa- I wanted, I wanted God. And it was like, mm. God telling me like, yo, it's time. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to, I guess, to comprehend, but until you experience it. Like, oh yeah. 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 We, we'll never fully know what Paul went through. Right. When Honestly. he was, like, Ooh, yes, was yes, yes. Like, we'll never know. We can read about it, but um, until you experience, experience it, it, that's, you will why, never it, know. that's mm-hmm. why it's so, it's so important to, you know, invite encounters with God, right? When you, when you encounter God for yourself, nobody can tell you that you haven't, right? Yeah. That's what I experienced. And so from 2014 to 2016, Friday night, Saturday night, I'm in my prayer room. I'm reading my word. I'm reading books on the prophetic. I'm praying like, like I'm so hungry. And this man of God, this prophet, he will call me every day, check up on me. What did you read today? What did God show you today? What are you experiencing today? And that's, how I began to grow in my, my calling. And then, um, you know, I would be asked to, to minister in church and I would mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, prophesy over this person or prophesy over that person, or, you know, my, my, uh, my pastors, uh, my older brother, Pastor Kofi and my father, Dr. Ralph, they would, you know, put me in situations 
and make me prophesy. And I'm like, bruh. <laughs> um, but that's really how it, it just started and it, how it began. And so you, you begin to grow from one level, you know, to the next level. And I used to yes. be so afraid. Yes. But now it just comes. It just comes naturally, and uh, I'm still nowhere yet. But at least I'm I'm further away from, um, from from where I started. Where we were, yeah. Yeah. So so that that's my story. That that's pretty much it. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's my story. Your story is inspiring. Whoa! <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I can't believe you did cold turkey. That's crazy. Because usually, you know, you stop like a little, a little by a little. But that Bible verse, like flee from the devil, like flee from temptation. You literally flee. Like you didn't look back. Glisten wow. turkey, and I'm telling you, mm. it was like the craziest thing that I've been on, but it was the most impactful thing that's ever happened to me because my friends would be calling me and they'd be laughing at me because I'm like fully into the things of God. And it's almost like, yo, who like bro, we were just partying with you. Like exactly, oh, right? Oh, like they were just like, weren't you there last right? week? And so, and so part of my prayers was God, like, let these people see that you've called me, you know? Yeah. So yes. also, like God. Mm-hmm. Vindicate, God, vindicate me, God. Show your power, show your strength through me. Mm. This deep work in me. Let there be signs and wonders, right? And Amen. so, whenever I would be like ministering or praying or prophesying, I'm like, God, let there be testimony so that they might know that you sent me, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Moses. Moses was talking to God in Genesis, uh, rather in Exodus, in Exodus three, Exodus three nine to fourteen. Moses was saying, mm. to God, like, yo, God, um, I know you've, you're speaking to me through this burning bush, but God, when I go to the people of Israel. Um, what should I, what should I tell them? Yeah. yeah. Who should I I say? say Mm -hmm. And God said, tell them I am Mm. me. And so, you know, that he's coming with the backing of God. And so that's really what I was looking for. Like God, I I need your backing. I need your approval. And so that's my story in a nutshell. Amazing. Literally, if you could see me, my mouth was open for a while. It's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> the whole turkey part. Cause like that's and a lot of people have, you know, that assumption that, you know, you could change, but you still got a little bit of the pastel there. Mm. So they probably were calling you and just like, oh, is he gonna kind of break? Is he gonna go with us? So how was did you lose a lot of friends? And did you lose just a lot of community around you that you, you know, knew before? You know, or what, did they later on change? You know what's crazy is that um I was like the first person on that Jesus tip, but then oh. all of a sudden the the majority of the I would say 90% of the of the friends that I surrounded myself with mm-hmm. all eventually began to change and give their lives to Christ. And we wow. all began to do ministry together. And it was, oh, it was wow. literally um, a revival on our on our campus, on Carlson University campus in Ottawa. And wow. um, 90% of my friends. So I didn't lose many friends, only lost like maybe 10% because they were mm. that lifestyle. But not, yeah. 90% of my friends, we all began to desire Christ and be, began to desire God. And um, that's all through, you know, the the leadership of my brother, Pastor Kofi, and he uh, was just a pioneer in that. And so um, that's really what it was for me. I mean, I think I might have started my journey first, Mm. but uh, after a while, they everybody changed. And now we're all in ministry together. We're all doing Campus Rush. We're all like things. And so that's really that's really what it was I, I needed to i needed to do it cold turkey because i felt like i'd been running from the call i've been running from the voice of god mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah. it needed to happen right it needed to happen and because of you other people also have seen the glory and now they're also on the on their own walk with god like, so okay. i have a question um with this whole walk 
how do you deal with pride in your walk in Christ? Um, yeah. I know with you, you're given so many platforms, you and your family. Y'all are always traveling. Y'all need to rest, by the way. But, you know, that's for another topic. <laughs> y'all attending churches, like people around you, everybody's like talking to y'all. How do you deal with those situations that kind of produce a little bit of pride in you? Because we all we all have it at some point. And, you know, sometimes it's easy for us to be like, nah, God, I did this myself. Like, you forget about God. So how do you kind of reel yourself back in and into reality, knowing that it's not you? It's really all God. Yeah, I am. Um... Man, I'm I'm humbled. Firstly, by you saying that, I think the position that I'm in mm. just it's humbling. And you yes, know, it yes. Just, people want to people want to experience about ministry. Even like mm. you have me on your podcast and other platforms. I think it's so humbling, and I'm grateful to God for every single experience. And wow. I think that that is actually the key to remaining like humble, which is just being grateful and thankful to God. And I think that every single opportunity that I do get. I'm giving it all to God, all the glory goes to God. And so, you know, I, I've been warned so much about this pride thing and I've, mm. se- I've seen it with my own eyes, how God oh, yeah. people and they become prideful and conceited, oh, yes. and then God begins to fight them and pull them down. Yes. Yes. So my thing is if God is the one who's fighting you, right? The Bible says that the Lord resists the proud, but mm. gives grace to the humble. Yes, sir. So if, God, if God himself is resisting you because something has entered into your head because mm. of platforms, oh, you're too big. Now you, now you can't, now you can't sleep in a three-star hotel. Now you can't, now you can't eat. Yep. Chipotle. Mm-hmm. You can't eat Chipotle. You can only do, you know, you can only do uh, gourmet meals and what have you. <laughs> exactly. You, know, yeah. you can't open up your own door. You can't mm-hmm. buy economy, like different <laughs> things like that. Like when you kind of get into that that mindset that's when yeah. God's like, okay you're changing and that's when he begins to resist you mm. and so that's something that i've always fought against personally um yes as i said i'm grateful and i give all the glory to god for every single opportunity that i've been given um you know just even where i am right now yeah I'm not, I'm not even really anywhere yet at least as to what <laughs> no as, as, to what, as, to how, as to how i know that you know what god's gonna do with my life by god's grace i just feel like i'm just on this journey but um yes, again i i think that it's so important to not see yourself as anything like mm. I'm just i'm just a tool i'm just a vessel right yes yeah yeah. I, I honestly think that, you know, pride is one thing that I, I always constantly fight against. And I do so by asking God for grace. The Bible yes. says, you know, come boldly to his throne to obtain mercy, mercy. You know, like grace. And so that's what I always do. Just go back to God. God, help me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who are prideful, they they don't ask for help. But people who yes, people yes. Who, people who don't have it all together like myself and I put both my hands up like I'm still trying to get it right every day. Oh yeah, life. yes, you we all are. I'm never going to be that preacher like oh I'm th- I'm perfect. No, no, no. That's when God begins to resist you, right? Mm-hmm. So I always come before God and say, God, I'm I need your help. I need your grace. Like help me, please help. If you don't help me, I'm going to ruin my life. I'm going to literally ruin my destiny. I'm going to mess up. So God, please help me. And that's that level of brokenness that God seeks for. And so I just you know ask God for grace and ask God to give me to give me grace and I humble myself before Him. 
And, you know, um, if you look at the Bible, David even says that I humbled myself with fasting. So another way to also remain humble and, you know, what I do is also fast because that's how I humble myself before the Lord. When When I humble myself before the Lord, I'm saying, God, I need your help and I need your grace. And so God gives it to me. Um, and I'm just, I've just been walking in these principles of, you know, just asking God for help and grace and fasting um, ever since I started this journey and God has brought me this far. And so that's really how I deal with it. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Pride, it can do a lot to y'all. When you see yours, and I feel like you said a great thing that you started looking at yourself. Yeah. Like you have to have some type of awareness about yourself, like especially you know, when people are saying, oh, great preaching, you know, I felt the kingdom of God up, up upon my life when I listen. Like, it kind of gets in your head a little bit, but you got to be like, nah, this is all God. It's not me. All the Open your own doors. All the Start opening your own doors and stuff. Don't expect yeah. those things to happen. So then, as a young prophet, you're responsible for many. You've mm-hmm. been, God, through God's grace, you've been able to bring up the Bridge Youth. Um, And I remember our conversation, it was like over 100 young people, correct? Yes. Yeah. And they, I saw one of your, um, you guys posts, like y'all were praying for, was it like 12 hours? Yes. Yes. Wow. That is nuts, but amazing. We've done something sort of like that at our church, but it's so amazing to see young people that are earnestly seeking God and praying. So how do you set time since you're always, you know, on the go, 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 how do you um, spend time with the Lord? How do you set time to learn the word, pray and nurture your relationship with God? Is there yeah. like a routine you do or? So like my lifestyle is kind of crazy though, because I, mm. my, my, my work hours are different. Right. And so, oh, okay. you know, uh, you know, yeah, I guess you have the ordinary person or the natural regular person, I would say, who kind of goes to work from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. or so. Yeah. Like going nine to five. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, my, my work hours are a bit altered because I'll probably go into the office maybe in the afternoon and I'll stay mm-hmm. there all evening. And then we might have like church services as well. But then spending my time with the Lord, I would say begins from like midnight or 1 a.m. Wow. And I'll go from like, you know, those those dawn hours, right? Okay. From you 1 a.m. to maybe like 3 a.m. Okay. Right? So mm-hmm. It's a little reverse for you. Exactly. And okay. so, and, you know, my boss and my work, you know, they don't expect me to come into the office at, you know, 9 a.m. Exactly. Even though some do, but that's really just like... I need to come in a bit later because I'm going to be uh, way too tired if I come in, you know, really early. And so really early, yeah. my, mm-hmm. my, my schedules, it's a little bit different and they're, they, they, they fully understand that. And um, again, I, I really prioritize my time with God. Like I'm yes. on the road, I'm traveling, I'm in different time zones, but I need to understand. And I do understand that everything flows from the place of intimacy. And so if you don't have yeah. a routine or a schedule or even a place and time mm. where you meet God, you know, you can't expect God to move in your life. Yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, taking care of of all these responsibilities and praying for people and, you know, handling people's issues and praying through things happens in my time of of consecration with the Father in the early hours of the morning, right? And so what did David say? He said, seven times a day, I praise you. And so one of those those times were, you know, early in the morning or like Mm -hmm. at and so it's very important. I do a lot of work in the in the in those types of hours, and I'm I try to stick to that right. And so mm-hmm. that's where a lot of my work gets done. So I really, really, really prioritize my time there. 
So do you have like, um, I know some people pray from like 3 a.m. to like a certain time. Do you change your prayer times or does it like, do you pray continuously like during the day? Because different yeah. seasons bring different, you know, Definitely. things that you have to do. Definitely. So, Definitely. Mm, Definitely. I, I would say, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I would say that um, my, like my personal time, of course, is like, I would say anywhere between 12 a.m. to 5 a.m. To 5 a.m. Okay. Dep- depending on what, what I'm doing in the, you know, in that day, I'll still make sure I carve out whether it's an hour or two hours between that time slot between 12 to five. Yeah. But throughout the day, you better believe I'm waking up, you know, praying in, in the spirit. I'm reading mm-hmm. my word in my devotional, yes. and throughout the day, whether I'm in the car driving, I'm praying in the spirit. Yeah. So yes. I mean, it's, it's really a lifestyle, right? It so really I'm, is. It has I'm to like, be so a like, lifestyle. I prayed today. I prayed in the morning. So God, you can't hear from me no more. It's like, no. If, no. If I, <laughs> you got to keep praying. You, gotta, like, you don't stop. You got to stay connected to the Exactly, throne. exactly. Especially in the work that I'm in. It's like everything has to be Holy Spirit inspired, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to stay connected. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. And attacks are coming each way because you're yeah. not just, you know, quote unquote, a preacher. You're prophetic. You see. Yeah. So yeah. if you are not equipped in prayer, I mean, well. Yes. Then all the demons are looking at you like, yeah, we got him kind of thing. Listen. But thank you so much for that. Um, now we're going to go into a little bit of an advice. Um, and I sent you this one. I was I listened to your sermon. It was really <laughs> amazing. I'm okay. sorry if you don't like that, but I did. Okay. <laughs> um, which, one, which one did you listen to? I listened to Under Construction. That's oh, what, yeah. Okay. That was okay. like I was on my way from work, and I was like, yeah, let me get into this. So mm. I usually do, but this time I don't know. I was like, okay, let me grab one of his sermons. And then this was the one that I stumbled upon. And I was like, yep, this is the one I'm going to base my question on. Okay. So in one of your servants under construction, part two, let me do the part two. <laughs> you highlighted in Montreal that they're, they're always in under construction. Yeah. Is Montreal different from Ottawa like that much? It is. It, it really is. is. So, so, so uh, Canada has like, you know, a few major cities. Yeah. You, you got the Toronto. Mm-hmm four hours from from ottawa and then you have montreal which is of course it's a really major city it's about two and a half hours or two hours from from ottawa then you got vancouver on the west coast Mm -hmm. edmonton what have you but montreal is definitely a major city right um okay very big city i need to get over there yeah no it's actually a very nice city and uh the only issue is that there's always construction in the city. Like exactly. every row, there is construction. And so prepare yourself. Prepare myself. Prepare so exactly. Yourself. So like under construction. So construction is often noisy. Sometimes yeah. it causes people to find different, you know, routes and places to go. Like, especially if they're going to work or school. Um, construction is often messy, yet it has a plan to accomplish something. Mm. How does one deal with the uncomfortability of being under construction in their life? You know, um, that's a that's a good question. Um, every time I think about construction, I think yes. about building. Mm. I think about building. I think about you know sculpting or yes, yeah. When mm-hmm. I think about that, I think about Jeremiah. Um, Ooh, you could say that. Mm-hmm. Hearing the voice of God and saying, um, Jeremiah, leave from where you are and go to the Potter's um, house, and I want to show yes. you something. And so, as Jeremiah, who's this young prophet who's standing there, he's, you know, standing at the window and he's watching this potter work. And God is speaking to Jeremiah and God's telling Jeremiah, watch exactly what this potter is doing. Yeah, he's, telling, yeah. he's just built this sculpture. He's mm. built, he's built this, this, this form, he's built this plate or he's built this bowl. Yeah. Um, 
and you know you see how nice it looks and then all of a sudden the potter changes his mind and with that same thing that he that he sculpted that he built he begins to mar it um what that word means is he begins to you know deform it he begins to squish mm. it to you know break it down and under he pressure he, put it under pressure put it under pressure he begins to you know break it down and yes. he begins to start to form something new out of wow. out of out of something that was that was once beautiful yes so god would speak to me god would say you know being a, a Christian or being someone who's very young and you feel as though you're going through a period of like deconstruction, you think mm. that God's rebuilding you, you know, you feel as though God has built you to be something or someone very successful. And all of a sudden God has marred you. He squished you. He's turned you into yeah. something else. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just something that is of course uncomfortable for a season. Oh yeah. But I do think that we grow through seasons of pain, right? Mm. So when yes. God and with, you know, with God being the master potter, with our lives being in his hands and, you know, we're the clay and he's the potter now. He's beginning to sculpt things with us. You know, God would ask the prophet, Jeremiah, can I not do with you as the potter does with the clay? A lot of us, when God has made us into something, we don't want to be touched. We don't exactly. want to be changed. We don't exactly. want to be transformed. Yep. It's like, yeah, in one season, you were a great plate. But now can I change you mm-hmm. and mar you and turn you into a cup? You, you know, you, you're now a cup. Okay, you're in a different season. Can I mar you? Can I turn you into a pot? Wow. Can I turn, can I turn you into something else? Oh, my right? goodness. And yeah. that's, that's something that we as Christians don't like because we like control. We want to know. Oh, yeah. Next, yes, yes. Right? I want, I'm want. i going to get married at this age. I'm going to get married. You know, I thought I was going to get married at 25. <laughs> Oh, and, tell me about it. Tell me about it. It don't work like that. It doesn't. It don't work like that. It and don't. So, and so, you know, I had all these plans. I'm going to mm-hmm. do this and do that. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to move into my house. I'm going to do this. And God's like, yeah, that's great. You had those plans for yourself, but those weren't the plans that I had for you. Yes, sir. Yes. And so can I now be the mm. potter and begin to break you down and begin to change you into something else? Yes. Right. Yes. And so, uh, you know, what, what God is looking for in this process is availability, right? And wow. so he's looking for the availability. Are yes, you available yes. for me to change you into what Ooh, I want to are change? Are you available? Wow. You know, are you available? Are you open? Are you transparent? Are you humble mm. enough? Are you malleable enough, right? Mm. Can, can I do what I want to do with you? Yes, and sir. So it is, of course, I'm not negating the fact that it's it's uncomfortable. No, oh, yeah. 100%, it is very uncomfortable. Yes. But I do think that, you know, uh, in order for, for, for God to produce something great out of you, he has to bring you through the fire, right? Yes. And so for yes. you to become yes. a vessel yes. of gold, a vessel of silver, yes. so yes. you have yes. to be put through the fire. Come on now, yes. Fire, that's when certain negative particles fall off of you and you become your purest oh, form. Gosh. And so that's what God wants to do with us, right? The Bible says Amen. in a great house, there mm. are vessels of gold, the vessels of you know silver, be- vessels of clay, vessels of yes. wood. Yes, yes. 
all of us, we, we got to aspire to be vessels of gold and vessels of silver. But the process of making these vessels. Oh, yeah. That's where it is. Through mm-hmm. the fire. Right? Yes. Fire is painful. The fire can be considered uh, just like being in, in, in the potter's hands when the potter is marring what he's made. You know, the fire can be considered to a season of crushing. Yes. In yes. other words, a season of construction. In yes, other words, a, yes. a season of reconstruction and the Recon- season of rebuilding. Yep right rebuilding once uh, what once was and so um it's it's all it's all in the potter's hands and so wow. you know going through that season of where god is building you where god is shaping you is difficult it's painful but it's necessary and if god wants um to to bring the best out of you you need to go through that experience and so mm-hmm. i would say that the comfort won't last forever and if, yes. you, if you feel mm-hmm. like you're in a season like this you got to know that the, the the discomfort rather won't last forever. It's oh, yeah. a season and you'll get through it and you'll make it through it and you'll you'll go through it by the grace of God. Um but it won't last forever. You'll go through mm-hmm. great lifting and then you'll go through seasons where you know God will you take you and he'll turn you into something else and you gotta be okay with that because you know you're humble before yes. right and so yes. Yes. it's uh, it, it, these are these are seasons of life but yeah. it's very necessary in order for God to bring the best out of us oh yeah yeah so So through the uncomfortability the best is yet to come oh my god i I said a lot in there so you might have to go back (laughs) it was just like you know every time you speak it's just like okay comfort like you're using my name first of all you're saying just comfort so i'm like okay that's comfort (laughs) turn around and i'm like okay comfort this is uncomfortable as far as like where i am right now because i'm going through this that's why i'm just like geez comfort like you're going to go through a lot of discomfort, but there's something going on in the other side that God is going to get me over there. We got to get comfortable. And I think in our generation, exactly. as Generation Z and as, you know, millennials, we got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly. in, God's, in God's hands, right? There, there's another thing where you're out of timing with God, mm. but there's a, there's another thing also when you are in divine timing, you're in your yes. Kairos moment, but God's saying that in this Kairos moment, you are under oh. construction yes. and mm. I'm turning you into something else. Oh, right? praise God. Mm. I, I'm turn. you know, there's seasons where God's going to ask you to sacrifice friendships and yes. ask you to mm-hmm. sacrifice relationships because he wants to turn you into somebody else. In some seasons, God will ask you to move from where you are to go to a different community, to yes. go to go to a different pastor Mm -hmm. to to do different things because god's saying that i need to bring the best out of you you've been too comfortable god's saying you know you gotta you gotta change programs you gotta you gotta you thought that this was the man that i had for you no there's somebody better you gotta there's someone better yes you gotta gotta trust me you gotta trust me Mm. you gotta trust me and know that i have somebody prepared for you right and so these are things where it's like okay but if i leave him then who am I? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna find our identity and who we're standing with. Mm. Right. But you know, but God sometimes would say, Hey, I need you just to trust me. Yes. So in certain moments, God would ask you for different sacrifices. And these are all the things that make you and put you in this pressurized moment and season where you are being squished in the hands of God. You're under construction. Mm. The beautiful thing is that you're not always under construction. At some point, the construction will finish. Yes. And you will be um, the perfect vessel for God to use. Amen. Oh, my gosh. Wow. (laughs) That's all I can say. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my days. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because that was, I don't know. You know how someone's like 
speaking to you when you're like next to them, like face to face. That's how I felt like this was. Wow. And I know a lot of people are probably in the same position. And this word right here that you have spoken in like the last minute or so, I feel like is going to change lives. Enough. Oh my, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that answer. Enough. And how important was it for you to have community during your uncomfortable moment in, in the hands of God? Because you did say that it can be uncomfortable in the hands of God because of all the pressure that we're going through and the fire that we're stepping into because God is trying to shape us and form us into that perfect vessel at the end of the, um, the day. So how important was community and like mentorship to you in your time? Yeah, I think that um, it's so important. I love what the mm -hmm. Bible says too. Like it says that like uh, two is better than one. Yes. And so, you know, there's a good, there's a good uh, return for their labor. Like if one of them falls down, the other will hold them up. And so being connected wow. to other people is so, yes. so, so yes. I can't stress yes. on, you know, the importance of being community. Those are one of the pillars of my church, of my youth church, where we are so big on community. Mm. I never want anybody to walk this walk. You, you know, my my slogan, or rather the vision and the word that God gave me for my church this year um, is don't walk alone. Don't what, walk that alone. Mean, what that means is doesn't matter where you're going or what you're doing. You got to walk with somebody. Someone. Do life with somebody. Do life with, and even better yet, your church family. Right? Yes, yes, so, yes. Being connected to community is so important. The Bible says that a, a cord of three is not easily broken, right? So the, yes. more, the more people that you surround yourself with, two or three is so important. We look at Jesus. Jesus had the 12 disciples, and then Jesus had even the three, right? The three that only went with him. Exactly. To, so it's like places, yeah. Unity is everything. And that's when we begin to grow. And that's when, you know, our brothers and our sisters will hold us up when we're trying to, when we're, mm -hmm. when we're, when we're going through really trying times. You know, my brothers are my community. Yeah. No matter yes. what I go through, I can rely on them. And they'll oh, hold yeah. Me. Family. They'll hold mm -hmm. Listen, I've, I learned quickly in pandemic that blood is thick in the water. Yes, sir. <laughs> your, your blood has to be those people that are in your close, close, close. Yes, yes. And they need to be able to uphold you when they're going through it. And so, yeah, I think community is everything. And that's what the that's what Christianity is. Right. Really? Uh, yeah, yes. Christianity is so important. You know, um, Jesus died for us to to be saved. Um, yes. And he also developed institutions such as the church. Mm. Where, or it's great for you know saints to come together in Zion, yes, in yes. the temple to serve and worship Him together, mm. right? And so community is everything. It's essential. Right? Yeah, wow. it's essential. It's everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I have one last question okay. for you. Um, what has been the most valuable lesson learned so far in your walk with God and in being a minister? What is like the most important thing you've learned? Uh, that you're not perfect. And, uh, I'm telling I like you. that. It was like the subtle sigh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not perfect. No, I, I get so afraid of those ministers who like who say that they're perfect. Like yeah. I'm so afraid. Yeah. No, uh -huh. we're not. Like I learned this so early that I'm not perfect. Yes, but sir. Mm -hmm. My um my shortcomings should never um allow me to be away from the presence of God. Um and that was a lesson and that's a model that I live by despite what I've done or what I've been through I'll never um leave the presence of God. Amen. So that's something that like you know 
has been difficult for me. And that's been something that's been um, something that God's been speaking to me about. A lot of times you do certain things, you you might have, you know, said the wrong thing, you might have sinned or what have you. And yeah. it's, it's so difficult for you to get over yourself, get over, you know, what you what you just did, what you just said, what you what you just found yourself in. But then, you know, as a son of God, it's like, okay, I shouldn't allow what I've done to prevent me from, you know, rejoining with my father. Yes. You yes. The prodigal mm-hmm. son story. It's like, yo, he asked for his inheritance. He did. When he's, you know, he spent all the, all, all of his inheritance, but then he decided to come back home and his father was waiting for him with open arms. And so, you know, that's how we have to view our relationship with the father. Yes, we're not perfect. We're not. Mm-hmm. You know, we might, we, we might fall, we might mess up, but the thing is that the father will still be there open, uh, arms. you know, with his arms open wide to us. Yes. And so that's been a lesson just ensuring that I'm always before the father being where he is, you know, whether I, it's a good day or bad day, you know, despite what's happened, mm-hmm. I got to, you know, know that I'm not perfect and I need to be before him and be with him. Yes. And, and he won't judge me. Um, he won't. He really won't. Yeah. And so this is for anybody you think that, like, you're not worthy of being with God. Mm-hmm. Listen, he won't judge you. You just got to make make it a point to be where he is, mm-hmm. right? And to learn from those sins and those mistakes and, and just do better. So that's that's kind of what 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 I what I've been going through a little bit. And that's what I learned. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, everyone. This has been <laughs> Prophet Ralph Darte the second, right? The second. Yeah, I didn't man. put that in at first. Thank Perfect. you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much for just making this. And I know, guys, the amount of time we try to do this, but, you know, he's so busy. Like, I don't, if the, if the word was busy, it would be you. I'm just trying to say. I'm here. I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it's. I feel like this was the right time, perfect timing. God's time is always the best. And I'm just so thankful that you even made the time to do this. And, you know, I pray that everything that you are doing, you're, you know, continue to touch the whole world. And thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone, this, like I said, has been Prophet Ralph Darte. And I am so thankful. I can't say thank you enough, but I am very thankful. (laughs) I'm also so glad to be here and thank you for having me. And for everybody listening, y'all better subscribe to her page, subscribe (laughs) to this podcast. You got to be here. And uh, I know that there's there's some really great stuff for those in ministry, those who are pastor's children, for those who just want to be lovers of Jesus Christ. Mm. Really grateful. Thank you so much, Carver, for having me. And I'm excited for your future. Thank you so much. And like you said in your... I think it was like a TikTok. The pressure is getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all follow me on Instagram. Everything. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, where everything. can they find you? Yeah, put it on. Yeah. There. Um. So Ralph Darte the second. Um. Yes. Man, I'm I'm everywhere. Same name. I'm everywhere. Ralph. Literally, Darte. Legit. I, like literally. Yeah. My TikTok is. I just post the funniest stuff. That the I've funniest. Seen. I think that took me. That video <laughs> took me out for a quick second. Oh my I was God. like, "Ain't no way!" And it was so funny because the pressure is getting worse. It but is. you know, it's, it's okay. We don't front. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. It's been a journey. It's been a great time. And yeah. I hope everyone that listened, you got something out of this. And more, more importantly that God is speaking to your life, that you are called, you are good enough, and God has you in his hand. Thank you so much. And I hope y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you, Parfit. Thank you.